Are you a thrifter or DIYer who uses online marketplace to buy and sell items? I mean, who doesn't like a good deal or steal from Facebook Marketplace or OfferUp? Am I right? Or maybe you are just someone who wants to sell items and you are trying to purge things from your home. Raising my hand high here. I do this all the time. And I also just like to peruse Facebook Marketplace a lot because I can I can find like solid things and thrift a little bit more and you know watch my finances. But what would happen if you get a quote unquote like new air purifier from the neighbor down the street that you don't really know, but maybe they're in the neighborhood, only to find out that it doesn't work when you get home? And they plug it in, and when they're there, it works okay. It looks like it's turning on, right? But then you actually get it home and it's not working. Or what if you sold someone a used microwave and they message you a month after they picked it up saying that the turntable doesn't move correctly and now they want to bring it back for a refund? You're probably sitting there thinking, okay, a little different conversation that Paige is having than what you probably expect from me on the podcast as an entrepreneur and business owner and giving you all the legal tips. But many listeners have described the podcast as an MBA in business and kind of an MBA in life. So here's the thing. I want you to be legally savvy in all areas of your life. And you're kind of running on your own little thrifting DIY side hustle if you're constantly selling on Facebook Marketplace. So outside of your business and outside of the contracts that you send to clients, I wouldn't be your friendly online attorney if I didn't make sure you were being legally legit in all facets of your life, especially when it comes to Facebook Marketplace buying and selling. And we get this questions a lot and people come to us with online marketplace buy-sell issues. So I am sharing my legal marketplace how-tos and the legal doctrine buyer beware in today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. You're listening to the Legal Page Podcast, where we chat about life and business with a legal twist. I'm Paige, attorney and photographer helping online businesses and creatives tackle their business dreams without breaking out in hives. No more legal mumbo jumbo. This podcast features simple bite-sized advice that'll have you legally legit in no time. Are you ready? Let's get started. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am legally obligated to give my disclaimer. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. All legal information I talk about in this episode is intended for the masses and a large variety of different businesses. Please seek out another attorney in your city and home state if you need specific legal advice related to your unique business. Okay, let's get back to it. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the phrase buyer beware, quote unquote, but you may not actually know the legal implications or definition. So, Buyer beware is actually a legal concept that comes from a Latin phrase, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce it here because I'm going to butcher it. Um, And it translates to let a purchaser beware for he ought not to be ignorant of the nature of the property which he is buying from another party. So buyer beware in basic terms is the duty of a buyer to inspect test and agree to an item before buying it and walking away. 
More specifically, if an item does not come brand new from a certified merchant and it has all kinds of express and implied warranties with it, a buyer understands and acknowledges that the item is sold as is. If you have bought a used car from someone, you know what I'm talking about. There is all kinds of documentation that says that the item is sold as is. Same thing applies for Facebook Marketplace buys and sells or any type of online marketplace like OfferUp buys and sells. So I once had a friend for legal purposes, let's name her Sally, who was selling an air conditioner window unit that was about two years old and they listed it for $75 on Facebook Marketplace. Sally had a buyer, let's name her Barb, again for legal purposes and just to keep this straight between the buyer and the seller, The buyer's name is Barb, and she was interested in purchasing the unit. She contacts Sally on Facebook Marketplace and says, hey, is this item still available? And you say yes, and then you go back and forth. So Barb comes to Sally's house, and then Sally plugs in the unit, felt the air, the cool air coming out of the unit. Sally told Barb that the unit takes sometimes a minute to work, um, and that the unit was really only big enough to work in like one smaller room. Barb shook her head, understood, said, no problem, this is what I'm looking for, paid Sally the $75 and took the air conditioner home. According to Barb, the air conditioner worked, but it was not blowing out as much cold air as they anticipated it would. And it's important to note for the story and situation that it was wintertime in a colder climate when this transaction took place. So kind of strange. Barb contacted Sally and said, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't working the way that it should and asked for a full refund for the unit from Sally. Before the story ends, let's discuss what options Sally, the seller, or Barb as the buyer may have in this scenario. So let's dig into the buyer first. You probably resonate with Barb in this story a little bit because we as buyers hope that our money is not being wasted on things that don't work the way we want them to. Kind of like you buy, I mean, we all know the buyer beware sold as is from going to a garage sale. And you kind of know that that's why things are listed so inexpensively or you can dicker and get things for a lesser amount. Uh, Because sometimes, especially electronics that you may be buying at a garage sale, you know that they may or may not work when you get home. But Facebook Marketplace and like OfferUp, they're a little bit different where there's a little bit more one-on-one. Sometimes you can sell things for more and you can get more than you could like at a garage sale or an estate sale. And that's why people love it so much. And it's also just one item. So people can sell like large, large items, furniture, electronics, um, more, you know, expensive things at a discount, but you can still make a decent amount off of them. So... What I'm trying to say here is we all re- we all get it. We all get where Barb is at. Here, Barb did the right thing by testing the equipment when she went to Sally's house and she asked the right questions. But by the time she got home, it still didn't work the way Barb wanted. It's very important that you understand that as a buyer, anytime you buy something from online marketplaces like Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, OfferUp, you are accepting a major risk that the items you buy may not work the way you expect them. This isn't a store you're buying things from. Again, there's no express or implied warranties of merchantability there. 
This is especially true for electronic devices that you likely only plug in for a few seconds at a seller's place, only to find then later on when you get home after this item is being used for, say, an hour, that it doesn't run the same. You're not just going to like sit there at somebody's house and run it for 24 hours to see if it works exactly how you want it. You are accepting a major risk as a buyer when you're using these online marketplace platforms. But legally, as this is the legal implications here, as soon as money exchanges hands, the item becomes the buyer's, sold as is, which relieves a seller of any liability or duty to a buyer. And one of the reasons that this concept exists is that a buyer could have impaired the item during their own transport, causing it to stop working, or they're installing it wrong, or using it wrong. Uh, maybe, you know, it's, it's used. And by the time that it ends up in your hands, it's your responsibility as the buyer when something is sold as is and it's used. In this scenario, Barb was trying to use the unit in winter, which may have prevented the unit from working correctly altogether. There are so many scenarios outside of the seller's control that may have caused the items to be defective or stop working in a buyer's care. So that's Barb's perspective. Now let's get into Sally's side of the story. The seller likely did not have bad intentions when selling this air conditioner unit. For most intensive purposes, sellers are really, they're really just trying to sell their items they don't need anymore. They're not trying to do this with ill will or malicious intent to get someone to buy something that doesn't work. If that's the case, I mean, you probably, you may have a little bit more of some like legal recourse, but not a ton. They, they didn't try to deceive the buyer, right? Deception here was not in play. And they didn't, Sally was not deceptive towards Barb in any way. At the time of the exchange, at, to Sally's best knowledge, the unit worked fine. And she showed that to Barb. She was explicit by plugging it in and showing it and also telling her it only works in one room. It might take a minute or two to start working, but it does work. So now it's time to answer the question. Is Sally legally obligated to give a full refund to the buyer, Barb, if the item now ended up not working in the buyer's care to the buyer's expectation? The answer is no. A seller does not have to give any refunds after the transaction has been completing, completed for a buyer beware as is used buy-sell transaction. In most scenarios regarding online marketplaces, a seller is in their full right to say no to any requested refunds on used items. Unlike, unlike, unlike here, buying a used car from a dealership where the seller and buyer sign an official bill of sale that states that the item is sold as is and the buyer accepts that responsibility after the sale... However, the as-is is usually listed out and sometimes that seller is still on the hook for a few things if it wasn't disclosed. I mean, it's, it's very narrow here, like what the seller could be on the hook for, but this is different because there, there are some like warranties of merchantability that aren't at play. Online marketplace transactions are just like I think, a garage sale or a yard sale. <laughs> they don't involve a contract, Nobody's signing a contract. I mean, unless you're buying a car online, hopefully you have a bill of sale. 
And you want to like expressly write down that it's sold as is. And usually the buyer is even more aware that they're accepting that responsibility. But again, it doesn't really involve a contract and it doesn't involve any express or implied warranties. So with that being said, no one wants to fight people online regarding refunds. So here are some simple ways to help prevent any unruly discourse when selling things online. As the seller, be very, very detailed in your listings. In the listing, state the age of the item, the brand name, and any known defects. And or disclose them in person when someone is coming to look at the item and potentially buy it. What is especially important is that you're stating in the listing that the item is sold as is, quote unquote, with no refunds. Like item is sold as is. That imputes the buyer beware doctrine and you are usually shielded from any liability for issues that could happen during transport or installation or the buyer just doesn't, it doesn't live up to their expectation of the item that they bought. Although not required, this like sold as is gives notice to the buyer upfront what the expectation is from buying from you. So let's go back and find out how our story ended. Sally answered all the questions honestly about the unit and let Barb test the item before completing the sale. So when Barb stated that the unit did not work, it was honestly a shock to Sally. Sally did not want to try and resell the unit and did not want to fully refund Barb. However, after a lot of back and forth and Barb pressing upon Sally, Sally did offer a partial refund. However, this was not required. It was mainly in this scenario to help mitigate the situation and calm the other party's unhappiness. I think I think Sally here ended up giving Barb like a $25 partial refund because Sally just kept the item. So again, it's up to you what you want to do as a seller, but legally you need to know you do not have to give a refund whatsoever. I just wanted you to know that sometimes people are just people and everybody's human and you just don't want to have all this annoyance back and forth online. And so sometimes... You're just trying to calm and ease everybody's stress by offering a little bit of a partial refund. But again, probably not necessarily needed or absolutely legally required. This kind of thing is a little bit more commonplace if you're selling to like your neighbors or friends and you just want to keep the peace. But I personally have even sold like kitchen appliances that were sold as is and used And I kid you not, like 12 months later, that person replied to me and said, the items have only worked for a year. This one is, you know, completely going kaputs. I want a refund. And I didn't even respond because I was like, legally, you bought something that was used. You knew that there was no warranty of merchantability at all. So definitely just keep your items. I'm not giving you a refund and I'm not even acknowledging that you're messaging me. All right. So we've gotten to the bottom of the Sally Barb debacle and their buyer beware story. Let's recap here the overarching message of today's online marketplace episode and buy sells that happen online when you are doing this transaction with some third party, usually someone you've never met before. Obviously, online marketplaces are a great way to save a bit of money on used goods and usually larger goods, furniture, electronics, 
you know, ex- more expensive goods that you would buy just at a store. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Inflation is here and who wouldn't want to save money right now in this economy? So lots of people are buying and selling online on Marketplace. But as a buyer, I want you to fully inspect any item you buy and understand that once you put it in your car and drive away, that's it. You own that item no matter if it works for you in another month or not. Buyers never ever put money down on the table before seeing and testing the item. This is honestly one of the biggest scams out there. And I don't want you to get stuck in a situation where you say, hey, I'll Venmo you for it so I can like jump to the front of the line if it's something that like 10 people want. I I just never want you to do it. I only want you to exchange cash and I want you to do it in person. It, one, helps you and prevents you from receiving faulty items, but also protects you from potential fraud that I was discussing and scams. If you're a buyer purchasing used items, just know that you're taking on the risk of when you buy those used items. So beware of what you buy, which is why it's important to see it and test it in person and ask a bunch of questions. That way they're not being deceitful. Now, as a seller, because you should know that I love to argue all legal perspectives, sellers, make sure that you're protecting yourself and preventing any headache by disclosing up front all defects, uh, the you know, age of the item, anything that needs to be known, whether it was, you know, uh, refurbished or whether you have done some tinkering to the item to make it work, so on and so forth. Notify buyers as well that the items are sold as is, especially if it's a more expensive used item. My motto here at TLP goes, be legally legit, even on online marketplaces. And if you need help getting legally legit in your business, well, you've come to the right place on this podcast. If you're ready for a rock solid legal contract, one that protects your business inside and out, please head over to the legal page shop at thelegalpaige.com and search for a contract that suits your business needs. And before we end the episode here, I do want to say that we have had questions about online marketplaces pop up in our online free private Facebook group. So it's called the Legal Page Facebook group where thousands of entrepreneurs and just people who are learning things about their side hustles just like you are getting real-time answers from myself and my legal team about running a professional and legally legit business. So if you have questions about your online marketplace transactions, you can head over there to the Legal Page community on Facebook. I hope you found this episode helpful and a little bit insightful. It's really, really kind of a widespread episode that pertains to many, many people, not just business owners. So that's all I have for you today. I will talk to you in our next episode, my friends. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Legal Page Podcast. See, I told you being legally legit isn't so scary. Be sure to visit thelegalpage.com for all show notes. And it would be super awesome if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. Last but not least, don't forget to join my free Facebook group for unlimited legal and biz Q&A. Chat soon, Legal Pagers. Legal Pagers.